1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? Rob Sister. I'm back with another Survivor burning question for episode number five of Survivor 44. I really loved this week's episode. Had a great time in Raleigh talking about it at our live show with our panel. And so uh, super fun to be there in person with so many people that have been enjoying uh, the, the season and all the content that we've been doing. So excited to be back here. Once again, let me quickly just shout out our editor, Jill, who's been doing a great job with helping me uh, get these uh, podcasts and videos out to you for this series, which I've enjoyed doing so much this season. Today, we are talking about something that came up on this week's episode. And while we did not have a tribal council, if we did, it would have been only the fourth time in Survivor history that a tribe with only three people has gone to tribal council. And that is what today's video is all about. It's about players surviving a three-person tribal council before the merge. I know, uh, listen, everybody in the comments, I know Rob doesn't know how to survive a three-person tribal council. Easy, okay? We're talking about before the merge. And what we're talking about is what would have happened had Josh, Carolyn, and Jam Jam gone to tribal council. I mean, I think we do know what would have happened, that Josh would have gone home. But I do want to talk about what happens when three people go to tribal council. And specifically, how does one person ultimately end up being the person who goes home? And what does it mean for the two people who survive the vote? I mentioned that there were three times previously in survivor history where we have had a tribe go to tribal council with just three people before the merge. All three of those scenarios I've gone back and watched, and all of them I think played out pretty differently with very different results moving forward for how it impacted the rest of the game. And so that is what I'd like to talk about here with you today as uh, we take a look back at Survivor's three previous pre-merge tribal councils. Now, of course, the first time this happens— I'm sure a lot of people remember. It was back in Survivor Palau as Oolong was circling the drain. It was Stephanie, it was Bobby John, and it was Ibrahim. And it was on day 18 that Oolong was going to go to tribal council once again. Now, I went back and I looked at what had happened at the vote prior to the three-person vote. And in this case, in Survivor Palau, it was a 2-2 tie where it was actually Stephanie and James Miller had voted together at the final four. My stuff! My Steph, And he voted with her. And it was Bobby John and Ibrahim. And it's they had a seemingly unbreakable connection, the two of them. They were both from the great state of Alabama. And they did have a bond over that. And so Ibrahim, though, he just seemed like he was out of gas at this point in the game. And he's a big, strong guy. And a lot of times you see where athletes, they get on the show and they just start, like burning so many calories that they don't have a lot in the tank. Ibrahim, uh, after they end up losing the challenge, it seems like he doesn't really even want to talk. And Stephanie such a motor that she has as a survivor player and she's somebody who just like the story of her especially all through palau is that she just is gonna like uh keep on going she doesn't quit unless it's on a endurance challenge and she has the chance to eat pizza but stephanie just has so much tenacity ultimately we see ibrahim and bobby john and they're talking ibrahim is talking about how he doesn't even want to go to tribal council uh, bobby john or at least vote at tribal council he feels like everybody deserves to be there bobby john ultimately is the swing vote we don't really hear any sort of campaigning from ibrahim to Bobby John, what we do see is Stephanie really trying to campaign to Bobby John. And Stephanie is saying like, hey, I think that, you know, you really, you need to keep me. And she's just like trying to lay out the case. I thought, yeah, I know. But I thought that we said if
0: it was last three, we would yeah. go out.
1: Yeah, but I, don't, I don't want to kind of wait before we start talking about all that. I don't really want to talk about it. You know what I mean? And the only thing that we hear Bobby John say is that he thinks that Stephanie would be more upset if he voted her out than Ibrahim ultimately would be. But Bobby John is giving her nothing. He says nothing. He says that he doesn't want to talk about it. He will basically like let her know when he votes at tribal council and that stephanie says okay it's like he says he's going to keep me but it was like a very wishy-washy way to go we see stephanie go to ibrahim and say hey she'll vote out bobby john i'm
0: thinking about doing anyway because he promised me and i know he promised you too
2: and why leave it in his hands when we could end it right now
1: and ibrahim is saying to stephanie yeah uh i don't know and both of them are sort of giving her nothing it's actually like quite a surprise. I feel like going back and watching it, that Bobby John voted for Ibrahim and voted to keep Stephanie. And I went back and I watched the next episode. And all I get from Bobby John is that he feels like that Stephanie is going to be more of a help in the challenges. Also, it's very funny that Jeff has, like laryngitis at the tribal council that they go to, and he has to ask to uh, excuse his voice. Because uh, he has a sore throat at Tribal Council.
2: I want to apologize for my voice. No, it's hard to hear.
1: So Bobby John votes out Ibrahim. And ultimately, we know how the rest is history. And then uh, Bobby John and Stephanie are going to be headed to a heads-up fire-making. And Stephanie is going to be the person to advance. And Bobby John is going to go home. Now, Now, maybe you could argue that in some ways, Bobby John back the right horse because Stephanie is going to be the person who's going to be returning and then Bobby John gets to return for another season with Stephanie as the person who was the the final two uh, at Oolong but ultimately when I look back at this I think Bobby John chose wrong here Stephanie is a person who is just that her whole survivor ethos is that she is the person who doesn't give up she's not going to
2: quit John knows how bad I want to stay and I'm not ready to go yet. And I don't plan on going and there's no reason for me to go.
1: While Stephanie might have offered more in the next challenge again, which is the only time that we see a two person tribe compete in survivor history that for Ibrahim, that he was a person who was seemingly like ready to like uh, roll over and die. And I do think that For a future survivor, if you're ever in this position where you are going into potentially a heads-up battle against somebody, go with the person who seems more like that they are going to be ready to give up and leave the game than the person who's going to fight tooth and nail and do anything that it takes to advance. All right. so ultimately, for Stephanie and Bobby John, not a ton to take away from that because it ends up being a just going down to just Stephanie moving on to the merge, but certainly an interesting part of the Survivor archives. Let's talk about Survivor Philippines, where I think that we have something that is a little bit more of a relevant situation. Okay, so of course, we have the famous Matt tribe, where it got down to, it's Malcolm, it's Denise, and it's Russell Swan. And I've been thinking a lot about Russell Swan this week, because for Russell Swan, really... Not one, but two things from both of Russell Swan's seasons are very important here. Of course, we're going to talk about this three-person tribal council that ultimately he's going to be the person who gets voted out by Malcolm and Denise, but also that we have a tribal council canceled on account of somebody being medically removed from the game. Something that potentially might have saved... Uh, a person from going home in Survivor Samoa. So really, both of Russell Swan's season uh, looming large here this week as we uh, talk about Episode 5 of Survivor 44. But Malcolm and Denise, they have had a bond since very early on in the game. And they've been working together very hard. And they are completely in sync against Russell Swan, who has had a very hard time. This is also the same episode where he calls Jeff Lord and talks about how he is expecting to just absolutely have excellence in all things. we
2: been going on breaking pots, talking to I don't know who, if you're talking to God. Or- I'm talking to God, Lord. I mean, Jeff, for me, this isn't supposed to happen.
1: And so Russell's having a hard time and he's having a hard time with having a hard time, but he does have a clue to the hidden immunity idol, which happens to be the handle for the container of rice. And so Russell Swan is on the lookout for the hidden immunity idol in that season. And Denise spots him like looking around. And so they know that Russell Swan is hot on the trail of the hidden immunity idol. So they know that there is some danger, even though that, Malcolm and Denise are going to vote together. That there is some chance that Russell could have the hidden immunity idol. So Denise, we see, goes to work and tries to have some personal conversation with Russell Swan to try to get him to feel like that he and her are on the same page. And so Russell opens up to her about some things that had happened in his past and how he had confronted a bully and he felt very good about himself and really changed the way that he felt about himself following that conversation and that leads them into talking about the vote and russell had assumed that malcolm and denise were going to vote together and denise like no no malcolm he's a big threat and russell while he tells us in confessional look they they could be lying to me he seems like okay good enough i'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and vote with denise against malcolm now at the tribal council. Malcolm is really trying to hype up the fact that, okay, he, Denise should keep him. He is, you know, going to be contributing more than Russell and Russell is calling out Malcolm as the threat, but, but, I think it is pretty interesting that Russell Swan also calls out Denise and says like, hey, look, she's going to win the game. She's going to be the person that everybody's going to write her name down.
2: She gets in front of a jury. They will stand up. They will say, you guys suck. You suck. She wins. Can I write you my own check along
1: with the check that you get from Survivor? But ultimately, it's Russell Swan who goes home. But what I feel like is very interesting from this vote is that Malcolm and Denise Never waver. They're working together before all this. And this experience here of voting out Russell Swan is something that they keeps them on the same page. And they ultimately go on from this and they have an incredible run in the game. And so this is just another thing that they do working together. And it is an example of how two people can get through a final three vote in the pre-merge and then continue to advance together throughout the game. Yeah, everyone
2: loves an underdog story, right? So two against 12, the odds are long, but you know, I wouldn't count us out just yet.
1: So let's talk about the most recent example where we have seen a three-person tribe here, go to a tribal council before the merge. And we only have to go back to the start of the new era. Drop the four. Keep the one. It's Survivor 41, where it was the Ua tribe. And they had been on a Matt like trajectory. They didn't go to every tribal council before the merge. But they had been to a few in a row. And then it was time for Ricard and Shan And Genie Machini to go to a three-person tribal council. Now, what makes this one so interesting is all of the implications from the advantages here in the new era, specifically the beware advantage. Now, JD from that tribe had previously gone to Shipwheel Island. He had earned an extra vote. He hid it from Ricard and Shan. And what Ricard and Shan came up with when Shan spotted JD with the extra vote was that Shan said to JD, let me hold your extra vote. That will prove that I can trust you. And then they voted him out with the extra vote. So Genie Machini ends up tracking down the beware advantage and tells Ricard and Shan. And when Jeannie is out in the water, they end up swapping out a fake idol for the beware advantage. But just to prevent Shan from losing the extra vote, Shan gives Ricard the extra vote to hold while Shan opens up the beware advantage and ultimately says the phrase. Nasir says it too. And then ultimately, we get all of the idols activated in season 41. Okay. That being said, Shan is also, much like Carolyn in this episode, going to go on the journey during this time. And while Shan is away, We see Ricard and Jeannie talking it through. Now, Ricard and Jeannie do not have much of a relationship. Jeannie is all Shan all the way. And Ricard is trying to play up, hey, I'm really worried that she's going to vote me out, you know, and is trying to throw Shan under the bus to Jeannie.
2: My game plan is throw Shan under the bus. Create a story for Jeannie. Of why she needs to vote with me to take out Shan.
1: And it seems like that Jeannie, based on what we get in the episode, is feeling like, okay, yeah, let me just like uh, keep the receipts on this. And then seems like she's probably gonna go back to Shan. And even though we don't get this like implicitly in the episode, they're like, yeah, Ricard said this, Ricard said this, Ricard said this. Uh, what we do get is when we see Shan come back that there are the seeds of the distrust between Ricard and Shan. And so Ricard has the extra vote. Shan now has an idol active. Shan has been to Shipwheel Island. Shan did not risk her vote because she bonded with Liana. She didn't want to lose her vote. I think that there's also some distrust of, is Shan lying about what happened on Shipwheel Island? And we have this moment where Ricard and Shan they, are, they cannot get on the same page. Shan says, how do I know you're not going to blindside me with, and, and, and make me lose my idol? I need you to give me back the extra vote from JD so I can hold that as collateral to prove to me that you're not going to vote me out. And Ricard says to her, well, I would, why would I do that? I need collateral from you. That you're not going to, you want, just want my thing so you could do the same exact thing you did to JD. And ultimately, they, they get to a stalemate. They can't get past this. Ricard says, look, if you're that worried, then play your idol tonight. And Shan's like, I'm not going to waste the idol. And Ricard says, like, I'm not going to give you the thing. And the seeds of distrust between Ricard and Shan, which are ultimately going to result in Shan being blindsided later on in the game, are here, and those seeds, baby, are watered and begin to really begin to sprout. Now, Ricard and Shan do work together at the Nasir vote and a couple of votes after the merge, but I do feel like that, for one, I get the sense that Shan, I, I do think, would have, might have wanted to take Jeannie further into the game. And I think Ricard was smart not to give Shan the extra vote in this spot because I think that Shan had just done it to JD. She hears that Shantham, which was very fun to go back and listen to. And I think that it was a, a good point on Ricard not to give the thing back, but it's a demerit to both of them that they were not able to work past this. And yes, they are able to vote Genie out of the game but ultimately that this is just a crack which is never going to heal and so while they survive both of them the three person tribal council they ultimately are going to lose the game and the origins of that story really start to happen here. Advantages, they come and they go, but the trust is what carries you ultimately to the end. And so that's what this vote is about for me tonight is the individual that I can trust going with to the end. So now that we've seen the different ways that the three-person tribal council can play out and then also affect the game, let's talk a little bit about what happened at the Tika tribe. Now, again, they did not go to a three-person tribal council, but we ultimately know From all of the context in the episode, they were headed to that tribal council and Josh would have been voted out. I want to talk about how we got to that point. We had Jam Jam at the start of the episode. I mean, I thought that was so interesting from last week's vote of how it all came together. We got to see the fallout from that. Jam Jam was blindsided and coming into this episode, it really seemed like that Josh and Carolyn seemed like that they were in the best position to move forward. And we saw Jam Jam and Carolyn try to talk it through. But there is an emotional connection between Jam Jam and Carolyn. That is undeniable. But Sarah, for whatever reason, seemed to aggravate that relationship. But now with Sarah gone, the door was kind of open for Jam Jam and Carolyn to rekindle their relationship in the game. So Josh is not feeling safe. So his plan here, which is an interesting one, is to tell Jam Jam that he has a fake hidden immunity idol. This is a good instinct. Uh, Two weeks ago, I did a burning question video that was all about the best uses of the fake hidden immunity idol. And I said in that video, the ideal way for a survivor player to use a fake hidden immunity idol is as bob crowley said the best way to do it is to sometimes you can make them think when you go into the bank that you have a real gun which is all well and good unless they examine it so for josh i think this instinct was good but i think that you want to more so than hey look look what i have you know uh fake immunity idol by showing the clue by showing the idol I think what you want to do is sort of imply and act as though you have a fake hidden immunity idol or or a real hidden immunity idol more so than come out and show it. It's kind of like in a poker game. You want to imply that you have a better hand as opposed to, hey, look, at look uh, I've got a a two and a seven. So, you know, don't call my bluff. Anyway, so Josh and Jam Jam, though, they do have some really important conversations and they bond about what it's like to be gay men and coming out. And they have some incredible shared experiences, which were really cool to see in the show. And so it seems like that that is a vehicle for them to start to have this working relationship. And Jam Jam is able to go from being clearly at the bottom to potentially having the option to vote with Josh against Carolyn. Now, it seems like from our perspective that Josh has kind of just dropped the ball in terms of cultivating that relationship with Carolyn. We almost uh, don't see him talk one-on-one with Carolyn uh, almost at all in this episode, which seems like that that seems like a misplay based on what we see in the episode. Of course, we don't see everything, but it feels like that Carolyn is such a player that you really need to have those strong connections with her and i think that as long as your connection with her is good i think your alliance with carolyn is good and it seems like that to me josh fundamentally misread the way to work with carolyn after seeing how she worked in the last vote by not really trying to cultivate that relationship with her seemed like a misplay on his part now carolyn she's gonna go off to the feast and now no fault of josh's but when brandon and danny get together and they talk about all the guys are going to work together and josh is a strong guy and he's going to be part of it and carolyn just needs to worry about herself
2: hey i'm glad you guys worked it out yeah i hope you you make it through tonight (laughs) they don't even care it's like i'm not even there it didn't even matter
1: now that does really hurt josh in the game and when carolyn comes back she says she's ready to jump into jam jam's arms now this is very very bad for josh but was it the end of his game potentially i'm not so sure josh then goes to this ace in the hole uh, potentially i am not going home i guess because i've got my idol and carolyn who is so fun and so blunt. Is like, let me see the note. Let me see the note. He's like, this is the same note you showed me the other day. And then they ultimately get to the beads and Jam Jam is like, these are the beads from the tree mail. So are those the beads from tree mail? No. These are the beads from tree mail, Josh. And now the farce that was the fake idol become something that seems to even bring Jam Jam and Carolyn closer together. What were we even thinking? We get back together? This is like a makeup bonding for the two of them to just laugh and laugh and laugh over how bad Josh's fake idol is. Nature has healed. Jam Jam and Carolyn are back on the same page. Josh seemed to have a chance to make things work with Carolyn. He also seemed to have a shot to make things work with Jam Jam, but he fumbled the bag and perhaps turned Jam Jam and Carolyn into what might be this season's Malcolm and Denise. Now, Jeff Probst shows up. And of course, we know Matthew has been medically evacuated from the game. What was supposed to happen is now not going to happen. And the question is, what will happen instead? Did Josh avoid his certain doom? Or is this a case of survivor final destination where Josh's fate is inevitable? I think it's going to depend on what happens at the mergatory split. But now this is the second tribe this season that we've seen say that, yep, Josh is the next person to go. That's two out of three. So my prediction is that Josh, I think, is still headed to Ponderosa just a few days after he was originally scheduled to arrive. Now, as for Jam Jam and Carolyn, they're going to manage to get through losing an immunity challenge in a three-person tribe. And this is not a thing that many survivors have been able to do. Do they have some unintentional Matt Singh upside? I think that they might. They've had their differences. They've gone to battle, but they've been able to come back together. And now the next mission for them is to maybe get back to another final three.
2: I made sure to let Jam Jam know I am so sorry that I ever strayed away from you. And like, I will never, ever, ever do that again. Please, please.
1: I'm really excited to see how this Mergatory episode is going to play out coming up in uh, this next episode. I don't hate the Mergatory. I talked about this in the live show uh, the other day, but I kind of like just in my head, I look at it like, oh, we're swapping to two tribes. Uh, And then basically everybody's going to live on one beach and vote out somebody. So I think that there is uh, the possibility of some interesting things happening. Uh, with so many moving parts. I do not like Three Tribes uh, for many reasons in the first part of the season, but I do think that it can bear some interesting dividends in uh, the second half of the season and creates a very fluid post-merge game. So I can't wait to see where this is all going and of course i will continue to bring you these burning questions week after week i've had so much fun getting to do this this season and i appreciate all the positive feedback that i've gotten from these we release them on the weekend for our patrons and then over on monday we let everybody see what we've been doing for the burning question and on fridays i get from the patrons all of the different ideas for this week's burning question. And thank you so much because those help me really formulate what I'm going to do. I appreciate all of the generous patron support that we've uh, had over this season. If you'd like to become a part of our patron community, head on over to robinswebsite.com slash patron. Thank you so much for joining us for another burning question. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.